Good morning, everyone. Look at this. We are 10 seconds early today, Andrew. Oh, 10 seconds. Punctuality, Man. everybody. Gotta love it. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to Maker That Money. Uh, this is episode 14. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the cost of chaos and uh, getting organized with your small business venture and, and what the, the price of not doing so uh, can be. Oh, I am... <laughs> Pooch, aka Repcord, on all the social medias. Uh, I have a small business called Repcord.com. We uh, make and sell things that make your 3D printing experience better. With me, as always, my trusty sidekick, Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop. Good morning, Andrew. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Guys, if you're with us uh, on on YouTube this morning, good morning, welcome, thank you for joining us. So we always love having uh, our live studio audience with us, uh, feeding us fantastic questions and commentary from the chat, and it's only ever fantastic and uh, insightful, right, Andrew? We we don't we don't have people following us that don't you know give us thoughtful commentary. Uh, so we're appreciative that you're here. Uh, if you're listening back on the podcast later on and you want to join us uh, on a future episode, we do have a call-in. Uh, it's not a number. We use uh, internet technology systems nowadays. But uh, we do encourage you guys to be part of this conversation because uh, this is very much a work in progress for both of us, both of our businesses. We've both been at it for Absolutely. oh, a little over, what, five years now, right? I started in we're, 2016. We're going on year four. Yeah, okay, year four. Year for, four. You're in your fifth year. Yep. You're in your fifth year. Yeah, yeah. Or you're in your well, fourth year. Well, we haven't reached fourth. Yeah, we will okay. we'll be four years in in June. <laughs> Look, the point so. is, is that we don't know what we're doing, and we're new, and yep. uh, so so that's our disclaimer. Uh, we we have. I've always said, uh, Andrew and I enjoy these calls anyway. We enjoy having these conversations, and we figured, hey, maybe there's some nuggets in here that other. Uh, makers or creators or people that are, are thinking about starting a, a business might benefit from or enjoy or have questions about. And uh, we enjoy interacting with our community in that way. Um, and hopefully we're just, you know, raising that level of discourse and thoughtfulness and some utility uh, of the internet and all the things it has to offer given uh, that there's plenty of junk out there as well too, right? So, yep. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, we always like to start the show with uh, some wins, right? Because we, we you know, mm -hmm. the, the power of positivity cannot be uh, overstated uh, here, especially yes. in this day and age with all the uh, junk out there uh, that can tend to bring us down, right? And so um, I'm going to share a win uh, this week. Do it. I think uh, a couple weeks ago, guys, if you listen back or if you want to go to the back catalog, we... We had a call on um, on fraud. We've also talked about customer service and stuff like this. And so I, I had a uh, particularly frustrating customer issue where uh, uh, somebody had um, both requested a refund from me and issued a chargeback at the same time, unbeknownst oh. to me. And and so they basically got double refunded. And we've, for months and months and months, went through this process where he was saying, well, I never got the chargeback money back and all this stuff. So, uh, you know, and I'm like, well, here's my statements. Where are your statements and all this stuff? And eventually, uh, I, 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 I am very pleased to say, because I, I was at a point where, and again, it, it was it was 800 bucks. It was not nothing, mm -hmm. but I know in the scheme of big business and stuff, you're constantly making these evaluations like, how much is this worth my time, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a principled sob, and I'm not about to just let somebody, <laughs> you know, double dip on me like that. And and thankfully, this particular customer, uh, while he was going through some hard times and de- dealing with stuff, uh, he, he did the right thing. It, it was just really frustrating how long it took. And and finally, this week we kind of came to a resolution, and uh, I was able to you know get back what I need. But it's it's frustrating when you're dealing with the uh, third-party entities in in PayPal or credit card processors sometimes where they're just like, well, this isn't our problem. You know, you need to work this out yeah. with the co-. which is so maddening because you know they're the ones with all the money and the the say on whether or not chargebacks happened, and you know nobody's ever really talking about um, you know the the impact on business. Uh, it, it feels yeah. a little bit unfair that, that it's very quickly for you know uh, very quickly these entities will just say, eh, it's a cost of doing business. You know, uh, you, you, this is why you have insurance yeah. or this is why you can write things off. And I just hate, yeah. I hate that mentality. But, uh, the win was, uh, that the, you know, I kept with it and the, the customer stayed with me and, um, what, you know, he kind of fell off the radar a bit and come back, but finally we, we came to a resolution. And so good things can happen if you're persistent and all that stuff. I probably spent <laughs> way too much time and energy, working on it um but uh you know these are the these are the things that happen sometimes you know yep yeah um hack monkey he says paypal is awful to deal with um yes <laughs> i know you have opinions <laughs> on that uh they can be oh, yes i, I mean the, tr- <laughs> the truth is this goes back to our episode where we're talking about our reliance on third-party systems that mm-hmm. you know there's there's really no perfect person out there i'm sure anybody can come up with a story about how terrible any of these systems uh, can yep. be, but there are some necessary evils. Um, you and I've had some debate over, you know, PayPal and mm-hmm. the merits of taking it or not. And, and, you know, the, you definitely see a hit on the business side. Like if you refuse to take some of these convenient payment mechanisms, yep. you are absolutely leaving some money on the table. People will not buy from yeah. you. You know, it, it's nice yeah. because on the buyer side, it offers some protections. Right. And I think that's why it's a lot, you know, it's appealing. You, you feel like you're not, re-exposing your credit card data every time and and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but obviously as these companies get bigger and bloated they can tend to be more abusive on well we're paypal you don't like it go you know venmo your customers i don't know (laughs) yeah oh man (laughs) yeah but uh more ranting for for another time but uh, let's 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 dive in on organization today Andrew. Oh, goodness. So I, I, you know, <laughs> being the dramatic individual uh, that I am, I love coming up with these, you know, titles like what, the, the cost of chaos. And you can just hear cue that like ominous music. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, 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 I will say I bring this up because uh, we have a lot of work to do on this front. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I think we're okay in a lot of regards, but I think there's always room for improvement when it comes to getting organized. And the thing that drives me nuts personally is waste. Like I go Mm -hmm. crazy when I think of all this time and money and energy we're spending on things and having it go to waste sometimes because we miss some detail that ends up costing us money or costing us extra time, which is money. You know, so I guess it kind of all kind of comes back to, to it's all about that money all about that money <laughs> <laughs> right um and i know as as makers traditionally um we don't all uh 
I, I don't know that organization is a strong suit for a lot of us stereotypically. I can't speak Absolutely for everybody. Not <laughs> right. We get so what you don't f- see behind the curtain is, oh, is this is why a we green screen. Pile of mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and listener, we, we if you if you haven't watched before, we just we have a nice uh, uh, you know green screen background beat for the very reason that um, we don't want to show off all the junk behind us. Also, so you can focus on our <laughs> our lovely faces, right? Yeah. But uh, tell me what your experience with organization and your business life has been and what the costs have been. You got any, you got any good stories for us uh, as, as oh, yes. it applies to organization <laughs> and chaos and the costs of your business? Oh yeah. Well, you know, for, you know, for, for a while, right. Um, when Gloop was getting started, we were running pretty fast, pretty loose. And, you, you know, we were keeping everything, you know, kind of just stored up here in my head. Like, oh, hey, how many bottles do we have? How many, uh, you know, how, how many brushes do we have? How many seal, you know, how much seal material do we have? Ooh. And it got to the point where it was like very hard to deal with. Um, you know, it's like, oh, well, shoot, you know, we're going to run production and we're out of bottles. And we're like, well, we can't run production today. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, at the, we, we weren't very organized, um, at, at first and, you know, we've gotten a lot better. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it cost us, you know, just being able to deliver product on time, being okay. able to deliver with resellers, that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, but some horror stories. Um, so if you guys don't know, I, this isn't my first rodeo in, in, you know, doing a business. Um, I had a previous startup in the past. Uh, that one was quite a bit different. Uh, we were kind of, um, you know, private equity venture backed, right. uh, you know, lots of cash, you know, running as fast as possible. Um, <laughs> we were terrible at the organization. Um, and there were like, there, there were some really, really painful times. Um, wow. So it, be, it, like, yeah. because you guys were so big comparatively, like so many people or what, we like, what do you suppose? We yeah. So we weren't super big, I would say. Um, at, at, our, at our height, we had about 17 people. Um, at the time this happened, we were probably around eight or nine. Um, you know, what happened was, um, again, we weren't very well organized. We didn't keep things coming, you know, so we developed server platforms, uh, and, uh, you know, these are like big computers, you know, Facebook data, you know, data center level, you know, Google data center, Amazon data center stuff. Um, and so we were developing these really cool server platforms. And as a part of it, we had some very custom engineered circuit boards, PCBs, FPGAs, ASICs, you name it. Mm. And, um, you know, there was a constant development cycle. And in, in this one particular instance, I just, I remember the, 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 the just pain <laughs> that it caused that sinking gut feeling. Um, what happened was, uh, we ended up throwing away about $40,000 worth of custom computer boards because like, like literally no throwing away, literally throwing it away, Oh man, because because someone put it in a box and they put it next to a giant pile of other boxes that, um, you know, were just sitting there for for weeks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah. Um, and you know, it was, what was bad was we, at first we didn't realize it. And then, 
you know, we were looking around, looking around. We're like, what's going on? Where, where is this at? And because we were so disorganized, like we had things stored in different rooms. We had no real like, okay, hey, this is how we handle when we get new material in. We check it in. We make sure we we got what we paid for and then we put it up in a very specific location. No, it just kind of got thrown around, you know, and uh, it, it would travel around the office or or whatever to various things and we wouldn't track it. And wow. Yeah, we, it came to time to develop or build out one of these prototype systems and we couldn't find the boards. And, you know, we're like, where are the boards? Where are the boards? Like, we, we know we had them, right? At least we think we had them. Um, but again, therein lies some other disorganization. We never wrote, wrote down, oh, yes, we actually received what we ordered, right? So, you know, it was like, well, did we actually receive them? Uh, you know, or did we just throw them away? Oh. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so triggered right now. I mean, uh, first of all, I love I love story time with Gloop uh, that we that we get from you. It's like you you just always you always have the, these best the best stories uh, that always seem to be applicable to you know whatever we're talking about. But man, the pain that you guys must have felt um, when you realized that. Well, let's just say the meeting with the board of directors was was very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, guys, uh, about your money, uh, about the company's money. We, we, we lost $40,000 because we threw it away. But it's okay. Um, We're going to make it up to you. We're going <laughs> to. Jeez. <laughs> What do you mean you threw it away? Oh, I mean, isn't it nuts to think you? It's like you may as well have just like taken forty thousand dollars and lit it on fire. Like literally, that is just just. I mean that that that's not. And and this has to be. And I'm not trying to be flippant with this mm-hmm. because I realize that that is more money that than many people on this earth see in many years worth of you know income mm-hmm. and stuff. And it feels so. Um, so unbe- unbelievably, you know, just wasteful and and disrespectful mm-hmm. of you know how hard people are working for minimum wage jobs and stuff like that. That's not really yep. the point. But when you get into these large businesses and you start talking about the scale of money and effort that goes into them, you know, we're talking in mm-hmm. in in an aggregate that goes way beyond people's personal finances. That a lot of times that you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to relate it back to, right. They're like, geez, I didn't even make my first job when I, you know, I, I made 30, $30,000 a year or something coming out of college, yeah. um, dating myself a little bit here, but I'm like, I, you know, if you were to tell me back then, like, Oh yeah, we just threw away 40 grand worth of stuff. I'd be like, man, that sucks. I, I worked all year and I didn't even make $40,000. Um, yep. so yeah. Well, it, it, what's even worse is, is is that, you know, that's just the value of the components. That doesn't include the time or you right. know, the effort to actually make that, right? And so, again, when we start talking about chaos, like the cost of chaos, um, you know, these boards that we were making back then, they were like 26 layers or uh, 12 to 26 layers, depending on the board, right? Ooh, that's a lot of layers. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, they were like, you know, they were like eighth of an inch if not you know three sixteenths of an inch thick uh and we're talking like super high advanced like you know materials too like high speed you know like six gigahertz you know sort of you know transmission rates and the these these things took weeks to actually have manufactured 
And there was like so many steps involved. So first you had to validate the design, right? So, you know, each board that we had made, it was a very specific design. You had to validate that. You had to send that out to a fab. Sure. They run through their processes, make for sure that, hey, there's no errors or gotchas. Then from there, they start actually procuring the materials, which takes weeks at the time to get. Sure. Then you actually, you know, build the board, right? Layer by layer. That takes about, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then from there, you send that out to plating because the outside of the boards have to be electroplated, uh, you know, with gold or sure. Or so this is a lot of goes into the fabrication, you, you but know, all, yeah. all in. I mean, what do you think? I was I would say, you know, your, your next biggest cost is obviously your, your engineer's time for doing the design. I mean, what do you think I, this mistake was, really cost you guys? With all I, the, at the end of the day, with yeah. the with the, the lead times and you know, everything else, it was it was well sure. over a hundred, well oh, over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. So it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, once you once you start factoring in the just just again the loss. So we had to de- deliver this to a specific customer too, and the customer was going to pay for these units, and we couldn't deliver. And so that customer said, "Well, you know, you can't deliver." So Re- reputational <laughs> cost. My money back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, and so co- cost goes well beyond just dollar figures for material. And th- this is a, another mm-hmm. rant we love to have. Like people, you know, when they look at something, they're just making an evaluation on like, well, I, I can buy this for this. And so this is what, you know, the cost is. But yeah, no, your, your point mm-hmm. is well taken. Obviously, you've got labor hours, you've got opportunity cost uh, involved. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, so, yeah, man, that adds up quickly, especially at scale when you're a larger um, company yeah. and then reputational yeah. costs. Like I said, I mean, that's a, that's yep. a bad one, right? Like now you got yep. a company, maybe you had a contract with, you know, potentially could have been worth millions over time, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. that is now up in smoke. So, you know, I can see arguments yep. made for like overall, this could have cost the company who knows how much money, right? Oh, sure. <clears> yeah. <throat> but you know, yeah. the, the, the important takeaway is, is it's because we didn't have processes in place and it's because we didn't have just simple little checks and balances, right. That it just, it, the, the chaos ensued and it naturally, you know, it, it finds its way out, right. It's like entropy. <laughs> oh my God. Entropy is real and relentless. <laughs> Everything tends toward chaos and you're constantly yep. raging yep. against it, raging against it. Yep. Um, Wow. Well, I don't, I don't have anything. I mean, it makes me feel better about, you know, like uh, the, the waste and how it applies to, to my small operation at RepCord. Uh, it certainly mm-hmm. hasn't been, you know, that bad, but um, you know, I'll get, I'll get bent out of shape over stupid stuff. Like uh, uh, really you're taking our, you know, our boxes and cutting them up and making them into a model or something like that. And it's like, uh, you know, it, it feels significant. First of all, when it's like, it's my, it's, it's, and I say it's like, it's the company's money, but I'm the sole owner. And so mm-hmm. nobody cares about your money the way you care about your yeah. money when you're bootstrapped yeah. and it's, you know, and so it almost, you almost take it more personally sometimes when you're like witnessing waste, uh, uh, happening and, um, you know, being able to take a step back and, and appreciating that there, there are costs of business and that, that inefficiencies and, and disorganization is certainly one of them. And there's, you know, hopefully you're, you're, you learn some lessons and you start to put them some things in place so that, you know, you can minimize that. Um, there's Mm -hmm. absolutely those things where, um, it may feel wasteful, but you're really stepping over a dollar to pick up a penny, you know, for things out of principle. So sometimes your principles can cost you a lot of stuff. I was talking about that at the beginning of the show, 
evaluating like how much is it worth mm-hmm. going after this eight hundred dollars? Um, uh, if I'm yeah. spending, you know, fifty hours, uh, and uh, you know, I'm making yeah. less than two bucks an hour on on my time for something like that. Um, mm-hmm. so w- that which is you know right is not always um the correct thing to do. Sometimes you just got to kind of swallow the you know the hard <laughs> thing and and move on because for the you know for the sake of the business that that's the better play, but that's a bit of a digression. Um, but you know, so, so now I, I would say I can think of just so many times where I can just see like waste happening, costing us stuff, like forgetting, Mm -hmm. you know, inventory controls. Like I historically came from service based companies in the past. Like I was Mm a, a a freelance web developer. And so I was, you know, providing a service. And so I wasn't having to manage all of these widgets going in, coming in and going out. And, um, you know, it took me a long time to get up to speed on the complexities of, of that and the costs of that. Obviously, like running out of stock on things um, yeah. has a huge impact. Like if you're if you're thinking about getting on Amazon or um, any of these other big box movers out there, um, I can very much tell you that uh, there is a cost associated with running out of stock where, you, you know, you, you start to ride a wave when they'll feature, you know, like they have these algorithms that are promoting your product and stuff, mm-hmm. but they very much can keep track of how consistently you can keep the system, the machine fed. And yep. that's, that's a reputational cost that a lot of times I think people don't realize when they're getting into Amazon that, um, that you'll pay a big price for it. You run out of stock and they're going to be like, eh, this guy, you yep. know, was maybe not serious about it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there is absolutely costs associated with that and, um, you know, running out of stock, running out of your work in progress materials. And it it feels, it feels like a juggling act of massive proportion. Sometimes just keeping all the balls in the air, keeping all the, the parts coming in the door Mm -hmm. to keep the product going out the door. Um, yep. And, I think a lot of times we might expect that, um, you know, the responsibility for, you know, saying something yep. would, you know, lie on whomever they operate, you know, an operator is working and they just work through a bucket of widgets and then they're like, huh, we're out of widgets and, you know, don't say anything. And if yep. you don't have a process in place for like, when you run out of yeah. widgets, you need to talk to the purchasing department so that we buy yeah. more widgets. Right. Yeah. Um, and and those kind of things, you know, didn't occur to me at first because I'm like, well, of course you would say something. Why wouldn't you say something? Um, Why wouldn't you tell me? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot. I, I moved on to something else. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that you highlight another good point is is when when you're like us makers or or whatever, we always have this tendency, you know, have a little ADHD, right? So we, we're working on something and then we'll jump to another thing, right? And especially if we're running a business, there's fires all around us, and we're trying to put out. Those fires all the time, and it's very easy to just literally just just transition from one thing to the next. And if you don't have a strict set of processes or rules that you're going to follow, it becomes very easy to lose track of where you've been, what you've done, and and how much of like you have or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, the the cost of chaos goes just beyond (laughs) you know that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and the challenge is, is that for so many, and you can apply this to your personal life or your business life or anything that it's, it mm-hmm. feels like it's just one of those things. that's just not sexy. It's low priority, mm-hmm. right? You're not, 
you're not thinking about it's it's one of those things they're like yeah I'm, I'm gonna clean my room later I'm gonna I'll get organized in here and 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 a lot of times you know the stakes are relatively low what the worst thing that happens if you don't you know do the dishes in the sink or you just you got some smelly dishes in your sink for another couple days yep. or something yeah yep. um but you know when it comes to running a business um the aggregate of those missteps will add up very quickly can add up mm-hmm. very quickly uh we got well, a y- yeah yeah no sorry you have something to add to that I was going to say, you know, it, like it, you bring up a, another good point is like, you know, while you say something seems small, especially in your business, like, you know, for, for instance, we have a lot of cardboard that we deal with. Right. And I hate breaking down cardboard. Right. Um, it's one of those things where it's just it's frustrating. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's like now I got to spend time doing this. And, you know, so sometimes I'll let it pile up and then I'm left with a mountain of cardboard. Right. Right. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to go through and I'm going to break it all down. But now I'm wasting more time going through all of this or like, you know, this giant mound of cardboard that I could have very easily been doing, you know, just a little bit here and there as I was going, you know, and it's just like, again, you you might not see the cost. Right. It it might not be super apparent, but having a process in place will pay in spades, you know, for being able to, you know free up time and just, you know, make things move so much easier. Well, and a lot of times it's not an immediate thing. It's about setting a precedent Mm -hmm. so that, and setting process so that as you scale and as more people get involved, this Mm -hmm. it's very like they are trained from day one to be more efficient. Like that is one of the hardest things when you're, when you're, when you're growing and scaling a business, because it's like, when it was just me, you know, I I knew, uh, well, I'm out of this. And so I, you know, I had to do all the things Mm -hmm. and I didn't need to leave notes. And it's like, I, I mean, I would forget stuff, but my, my point is, is that, you know, you talked about when you got up to like 13 employees and stuff like that, the, you're talking about exponential potential for, for screw ups, you know, the more people that you layer on and the more assumptions that are made and the more expectations Mm -hmm. that are out there. So, um, you you know, like we say with a lot of things, you're investing in your future a lot of the times by, by doing this. Um, we got a, we got a question in the, uh, in the chat for YouTube. CRS one says, uh, do you track assets and depreciation for your printers and equipment? Mm Mm-hmm. You want to answer that and I can do the same? Yeah, we, we absolutely do. Um, granted, we don't have a whole lot of printers, um, but uh, what we do have is a lot of very expensive but assets yeah. and, and, and assets. Uh, you know, we even ha- now have a bottling line. So, um, yeah, it, it, we we track that, but it's not so much, a, you know, a, a constant like everyday thing basically it's it's pretty simple you know there there are tools out there you input it into your accounting software and you say listen this is what i bought um this is kind of what category it falls in and you can kind of select a depreciation curve for it um and you know that then uh comes up on a PL statement or or something you know at the end of the year when you're looking at you know your current assets your current cash on hands uh your your basic general health of your business and from there then you can make um, you know, educated guesses, if you will, on what new things that you want to spend that depreciation on. Right. 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 Um, you know, cause that, de- that, that depreciation counts for, you know, reducing y- the amount of tax you pay. Um, you know, so 
there are there are definitely like tricks and balances there to do yeah um and it's something we don't do like the best at but yeah we absolutely tra- uh, we absolutely track it in in a minimal sense i would say <laughs> i can i can see, i can just like feel like some of our listeners and our viewers uh eyes rolling into the back of their head when we you know we bring up yep. like taxes and accounting and oh, all yes. these things that at least i you know for me that evokes a visceral reaction because it's just like I, I i don't like that stuff it's a necessary evil and it mm-hmm. informs you know so many decisions and stuff so it's like i understand and we do it yes so to answer your question yep. yeah you know absolutely we track assets and depreciation and stuff did we when we first started uh, as well as we should have absolutely not we didn't even know what we were doing when we first got started these are things that you pick up as you go for for those that might not be so you know financially savvy um you know assets obviously anything that the business owns and stuff like that uh especially larger ticket items um mm-hmm. Over time, you're allowed to basically say devalue these things uh, because they're just not worth as much. I mean, we experience that in our personal lives all the time. You buy a car, it loses money yep. the minute you drive it off the lot. Yep. Um, one of the advantages of being a, a business and owning a business um, are that you can take a lot of those expenses that you're in- encountering on a regular basis and uh, you know save a lot of money by... Um, you know, representing the true value or the devaluing things over time. Uh, so you don't, mm-hmm. your, t- your tax burden isn't as, as heavy and stuff like that. Yep. And so as unsexy as that is like learning the financial side of things will very significantly, you know, can very significantly make or break you. I, uh, I have a professor in college that always, he, he taught like I don't know, 10 different courses, but his last course was always <laughs> like how, you know, how I made my millions or whatever. And because it was like a second career for him to to teach after, you know, he had successfully been in the private industry. And his mm-hmm. number one thing was, you know, the number one way to make and accrue wealth rapidly is to keep as much of your money legally as possible from the government. You know, think about what yep. percentage of your income goes on an annual basis uh, to the government. And it's a lot. Uh, it's, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And so, you know, we're not advocating, you, you know, not paying your taxes, but, uh, you know, huge advantage of, of starting even just a small business is, is how, mm-hmm. how readily you can move the needle in terms of like keeping money in your pocket for things that you would be doing anyway. He, he, had, he was big in real estate. And so he's like, you know, mm-hmm. we'd want to go on a vacation to Hawaii. And I would just make a point of making sure we went and looked at some property while we were there so I could write off the airline ticket. Uh, we were going to go to Hawaii anyway, you know? So, you know, yeah. I, I know you can get into weird uh, areas uh, and I, yeah. we are not offering tax advice, you know, whatsoever, but no, no, we are not. <laughs> but the, but the, but the point is, is that there's, um, uh, you know, even if you decide you're not going to scale your business to any kind of size, like just having that to, um, keep some more money in your pocket, uh, by mm-hmm. again, you know, saving tax money on things that you would probably do anyway, uh, is is a, a great idea, and I would always recommend that to to anybody. Um, let's go back for a second, if we could, to just the sure the the challenges of the the you know, especially in the maker community, of mm-hmm. um, you know, forcing yourself to get organized uh, in the name of uh, saving money and being more efficient and and operating. Like we talked about, you mentioned like you know, breaking down the cardboard boxes as, as you oh, go. Oh yes. Right. I'm yeah. very big on like, we are, we are, uh, um, 
you know, we are a work as we go, you know, uh, clean up as we clean as we go kind of shop. Right. That's what I'd yeah. like to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> whether we are or not, you know, it, you know, varies. And, and it's the same. I, I can't I, I've got no leg to stand yeah. on. Uh, you know, there's some days where it's like, yeah, I, I keep the dishwasher, you know, loaded and unloaded on, and I'm feeling like things are fine. And then then I fall off the wagon because, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and your attention gets dragged to other other places. Yeah. Um, it's not is easy, you know, in practice as it is in theory though, given the yep. constraints of our day, right? To like work as we go. So it's like how, how is how are you coming up with the calculus in your mind on what's worth like really making sure that we're creating process so that we're you know, working as we go versus like eh, how much is this really mo- moving the needle? You know what I'm asking? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for for us it was at first it was really trying to break down um if you will where we were losing money um you know the things that were preventing us from being able to deliver um you know for for gloop gloop bottles on time right we're like okay hey um what could we do here that helps us speed up that process and you know then it was just okay well these are the steps that we need to take in order to ensure that we we're not leaving money on the table if you will um and so yeah it all comes back down to the money right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. least, at least for us. Right. Um, and that's how we prioritized. So we start with lowest hanging fruit. Um, some of the simplest things, right. uh, one of them being inventory tracking, right. Um, creating a spreadsheet that it basically says, Hey, we need to build, you know, uh, 150 glue bottles for, uh, you know, a PO, right. Um, okay. So we just type in all of the bottles that we have and then, you know, it pulls from our current inventory, if you will, and says, Hey, you're going to need more brushes or you're going to need more seals. Okay. Right. And yeah. then it's like, okay, now we got to go make some of those, or we got to, you know, keep track of that. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a daily log that we can just update very right. quickly. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, it, it all comes back down to money it, lowest hanging fruit for us was just inventory tracking. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Adam was asking Powerbelt 3d was asking about inventory tracking mm-hmm. recommendations. So it sounds like you're just, uh, in spreadsheet land, uh, at the moment for that right now. Yeah. Yes. But we are actively transitioning over to an ERP system. So an inter- enterprise resource, you know, planning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so what that is doing is it's going to tie directly into our website or e-commerce platform that will then tell us, Hey, you've got these number of orders coming in. This is your 30 day average. This is, you know, like the rolling average. Um, this is what you have on hand. This is, you know, and we can start tying in our production runs, right? And we can say, hey, we're producing all of these. And we can start figuring out, hey, you know, we don't have to produce as much this time or we can produce more this time. Um, So there's there's actually a lot still there. Uh, And when you get to like larger enterprise organizations, there's a lot of effort put into this. Yeah. Um, we won't ever probably reach that level of effort that we're going to put into it, but it is, it has substantially helped, um, just in the past year, um, you know, we started, we never really used to keep track of batches. Um, you know, like we would produce gloop on, you know, a, a weekly basis and mm-hmm. we would produce hundreds of bottles on a weekly basis. Sure. But the problem for us was, is we weren't keeping track of those batches, uh, like what bottles went where to what reseller. And, you know, we just went through a recall 
But thankfully, mm. at the beginning of the year, we actually started keeping logs. And it was one of those things where we layered on. And so we saw, hey, if we start keeping logs, we can, you know, maybe pretend, prevent future headaches. And thankfully, it was so much easier for us to track down some of those bottles and a recall. Um, and again, that's that's a whole nother thing of, of about, you know, chaos, right? The, the cost of chaos, because we yep. weren't doing this we weren't organized there but since we started putting a priority to become organized it, it substantially helped sure um, and reduce that burden well i would say <laughs> and uh you know erp mrp systems are great so um mrp mm -hmm. is is another layer of of complexity when you get into manufacturing uh, materials resource mm -hmm. uh, planning or um, you know yep. software and stuff like that and you know we're lucky we live in a day and age where there's all kinds of amazing tools uh, available to us for this stuff but obviously as mm -hmm. a small business a lot of those things are catered more toward much larger enterprise. And so it's like, you know, we got those champagne wishes with, you know, the shoestring budget uh, yeah. and, and reconciling that. And so, you know, obviously uh, informing yourself to it, researching it, seeing like what practices maybe you can take and, 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 and as you're getting started, a lot of times like a spreadsheet is more than adequate, but, it, but having something, having an awareness, mm -hmm of the problem yep. and, and, and what the, that organization affords you in terms of like saving, saving you money and time and energy. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, no, I guess it all comes down to money again, as we say, yep. um, <laughs> is, is big. And, and, um, when you're first getting started, you know, these are a lot of, these are the advantages of experience. Um, mm -hmm. you don't know, you're not aware, you know, we talk about, you don't know what you don't know all the time. Um, you know, I didn't come across like this terminology until, you know, I was well into the process and I started asking questions of other businesses. Hey, how do you handle this? How do you know, a lot of the things that we're getting questions here for and, um, mm -hmm. you know, how we answer the question at, you know, where we are year four, year five in the business versus how somebody that's 10 years in and has, you know, a lot more resources are obviously going to be very different, but we're trying yeah. to frame it with the mindset of like trying to remember where we were when we were first getting started. It doesn't do you guys any good if we're making you, Oh, you need to get this like, you know, three quarter million dollar piece of software. Uh, that's gonna, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna like, I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, that doesn't do me any good. Right. So, yep. you know, what, what's the, and we'll, we'll talk about this more. Uh, we've got it on, uh, tap for a future episode, but like learning how to do more with less, right? Like learning how to operate yep. lean. Um, and, and speaking of lean, um, Brandon Langdon out there, uh, uh, was, was mentioning, uh, the Kanban system. If you guys aren't familiar with that, there's a ton, there is so much, there are, there are literally like, uh, degrees and certifications around, um, quality assurance, quality control, process control, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these things were were pioneered by the automotive industry. Uh, yep. I want to say, I don't know if Kanban was a Nissan. Uh, so TQM is a really popular one, Toyota's quality management process. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. there's things like Six Sigma. And, um, yeah. you know, when you start getting into, um, you know, really formalized uh, efficiency control systems. Um, I think Kanban, and it's been a while since I studied it, but you know, there's like card systems, uh, at every step along the way of, of processes or, and I, I may be conflating this with TQM, you know, mm -hmm. the ability for everybody to be able to push a button to stop the production line and say, Hey, we have a problem here. 
were were out, you know, so that the these inefficiencies yeah. of 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 the daisy chain or the domino effect of of a problem going further and further down the line and becoming more and more costly are not as costly, right? Yeah. So that that doesn't do you guys a lot of good if you're not, you know, you know, operating in a true um yeah production line but it, it the metaphor is is very good i think in thinking mm-hmm. in, in how you approach uh the problem of scaling and and where how those costs can add up thinking thinking about it in a linear fashion a lot of the time um mm-hmm. it, it can, you know can help it it's you know, again, it comes back to just stopping, taking a step back, uh, and trying mm-hmm. to look at the problem from you know the ten thousand foot view, and and get away from the putting out the fires or plugging the holes in the dike, as you know, pick your yep. pick your metaphor. Um, yep. That really will pay dividends uh, uh, down the road, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's a, a hard thing in practice because you're just go go go. You know, hey, we got this order and we got to fill it. We got to you know, everything feels yep. like you're on the clock. <clears throat> yes. Yes. And, and it is, it is hard to, to say, Hey, I need to take a day to set up processes. Right. Because it, it doesn't move that needle. Right. But you know, what we realized very quickly was, is once we had these processes, they were easy to kind of maintain. And then, you know, it was just easier to run everything else. Right. So, you, you know, don't, don't undervalue, you know, that, that time and effort put into it. Right. So, right. we got a lot of people in the chat, uh, opining on whether or not they love or hate spreadsheets, which is, <laughs> which is an interesting thing. Cause it's like, <clears throat> to me, it seems like such a daily part of my life <clears throat> in all yep. kinds of aspects. You know, it's like, if you don't know how to run a spreadsheet in this day and age, it feels like, you know, to me, business 101 or, or life 101, even, uh, you know, like the, akin to being able to type, um, that, mm-hmm. y- you know, the usefulness of that as a tool, but I understand that it's not everybody's, um, cup of tea, maybe speak to a moment, uh, speak for a moment, if you would on forcing yourself to use tools or understand things maybe sometimes and the value of that, uh, and the value of that. If you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, spreadsheets, I mean, I like them and I hate them. Right. Uh, there's some, (laughs) there's some really, there's some really big limitations, but you know, you, you could get into the programming, visual basics, macros, and you can make them incredibly powerful if you want. Right. Um, for, for most businesses, right. Uh, you're going to use a spreadsheet for keeping track of, you know, something, you know, complex, like you're going to need a matrix, right. You know, you got these parts it's going to cost you this, you need to find the total costs, whatever it might be. Right. Um, we use spreadsheets in a variety of different ways. We actually have a project planning spreadsheet, um, where every day we, you know, basically say, Hey, this is a task. It needs to get done. We sign a date at which the task we would like to get it done, but we sign a priority and we look at it every single day and we try and keep track, um, of where we are. And then once it's done, we mark it off the list. And what's cool is, is we now have a record of the tasks that we've completed. Um, you know, and things that, you know, have changed, um, you know, since then. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it is a valuable skill to, to learn and say, okay, Hey, like put some effort into, you know, planning or utilizing the tools that you have. Um, 
you know, effectively. And, and that's, and it, it's not, it, the, the, the tool part is what I want to focus on because it's not about spreadsheets mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it's, it's it honestly goes back to what you're talking about is having a process and, mm-hmm. and creating that and whether there's always going to be things that we hate. Like I didn't want to have to learn QuickBooks and or mm-hmm. you know the accounting software, but there's nobody else to do it, and it has to be done. And there is a very very direct uh, correlation to mm-hmm. keeping your finances organized and being able to properly report tax, and you know making sure that you're yeah. getting all the write offs that you need, and you know saving. So I, I hate it, but. I have to do it. Like, and, and I, and I think that's, that is the crux of the decision-making process for a lot of people. It's like, yeah, you know, I like the, I like the creation. I like making things. I like being able to make money from Mm -hmm. it. But if I've got to do all these other things, like that just doesn't feel worth it to me. And that's a very personal decision. And a lot of people, you know, say, you know what? I I don't, I don't want to kill this, the fun of this hobby by laying on all these things that, I have to do to mm-hmm. do it effectively to make money. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think the challenge with that is one appreciating that it's, it's rarely as bad as I think we tend to think it is. Like I, I, I know I have a habit of building these things up as these monsters in my head. And then I do it. And I was like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and so putting process in place and kind of making yourself do things sometimes just to show yourself that, Mm-hmm. Hey, this is achievable. Uh, you can learn this. It's actually not as hard as you think. Um, and and again, taking a, a a tiered approach to it, you don't have to. You got to walk before you run. You don't need to yep. like build all these whiz bang complex things. Uh, you know, you yeah. can take an incremental approach. As much as I would love to have a website with an ERP system integrated and all that stuff. I know that that's going to take a lot of money, a lot of training, uh, a lot of support Mm -hmm. and maintenance over time and all that stuff. And so I intentionally force myself to probably remain overly simplistic just until I feel like we have the resources to properly implement something that's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no right or wrong answers here. Like I can, I can see plenty of arguments for like, we're not going to even start this until we can invest in having this tool to mm-hmm. do it. Um, yeah. And I'm sure many people have many different opinions on the approach for that. Um, yeah. I, I favor the keep it simple, stupid approach, uh, because it goes back to what I've said on past episodes, the psychological cost of things yeah. of burnout um, yeah, you know, spending a lot of money, not feeling like you're making a lot of progress on things and there's wearing yourself into the ground over things that, you know, you're probably just getting out in front of your skis on a little bit too much in my opinion. I don't yeah. Know. There's, there's something to be said for, you know, realizing where you're at in, in the position of your business and preventing yourself right from, from implementing something because you can't get the right thing. Right. But I, I will argue saying that something most of the time is better than nothing, right? And implementing a process, even though if you know that you can't really, you know, get the exact tool that you want, right? Or the ERP system or whatever, starting, you know, and going through that and putting it in early so that as you scale and get more employees, they get accustomed to 
dealing with your processes and say, oh yeah, okay, I understand now, right? Um, I, I think that's a, there's a huge benefit there. Mm-hmm. Um, it might mm-hmm. not be perfect, right? And you, you might have to cut some corners. It might, might not be exactly what you want, but the more you can start implementing processes earlier on, I think the easier time you're going to have for scaling them out. Because if you, you know, if you just wait until the end and, you know, you've done all of this in your head, changing to a process is going to be so much harder, right? And it's going to be less likely to be successful because it's such a drastic change. Well, um, that's, that is spot on. Uh, and that goes to the, you know, age old adage of it is really hard to teach an old dog new tricks a lot of the time. Uh, you know, I think about the, the human implications a lot of times, because I think that's where the, you know, the, this road is most Mm -hmm. fraught with peril in terms of the potential for a costliness. Um, when you layer on other people who, like I said, are not as, uh, financially invested as you, you know, a lot of the time and, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But, um, you know, trying to put in uh, in place new processes and getting people to to basically do what they feel like is more work, um, mm-hmm. and it's not, which is not always the case. I think that that's a that's a perception. They're thinking like, oh, I got to do this now. I got to do this now. Yeah. You know, like what what was wrong with the way it was? Well, you know, it wasn't yeah. so terrible for you because you know it wasn't costing you money, but it's terrible for me. Uh, you know, watching yeah. watching these things uh, uh, happen. So. Um, you're absolutely right that that trying to start, you know, as organized as possible, especially before you're bringing new people in, it's way easier mm-hmm. to bring somebody up to speed on this is the way that we do things uh, than than uh, somebody that's been there for years yep. and now feels like I got to do this, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I'm I'm kind of it just in, in in silly minutia, but I feel like I've been talking about like silly stuff, like whose turn is it to clean the kitchen and the bathroom, like the things that nobody wants to do in the shop, but everybody uses it. You know, we don't yep. we don't have a janitorial service. There's only four of us in there, you know, but yep. like all these things need to be done, and I, I can't tell you like my on my to do list has been like write up a quick you know clipboard thing for you know name date, you know, last time the bathroom was cleaned and who did it. Um, just so that we're not arguing over who had to do it last and, and keeping some accountability in front of everybody. Like something like that is so simple, but it does, it helps out so much. Right. Right. Um, and and again, it's just, while, while, while it might not be like this multi-page sort of, this is the document for how you ship and pack an order. It's something, it's just like, there it is. It's quick. It's easy. You can quick, take a quick glance and understand where you are right, right. in the process, right. Um, you know, of, of maintaining your kitchen, right. Or your bathroom, um, you know, and, and I bring so, something like that up because I think, I think that it's good to hear that there are just simple applications that, that have an impact sometimes. Uh, like I said, this mm-hmm. is a, that's a silly one because you know the cost of having a dirty bathroom. Well, you know when people come and visit, yeah. you know it's like uh, this place is a dump versus like okay these people <laughs> care about things. So it's like and then there's obviously safety implications. Like we make sure that we sweep up. 
uh, at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. certainly at the end of the week, we do a little bit more, you know, take all the trashes out, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, it's like a closing checklist. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to close down the shop. These are the things you right. need to do. Are right? the lights turned <laughs> off? Is the compressor shut down? Like there is certainly yeah. things that, that have safety implications. They have cost, you know, electrical, you know, electricity isn't mm-hmm. free, obviously, you know, like doing the, doing those things. But again, it's kind of the last thing that you um, think of. And a lot of times they don't reveal themselves to you until you start to scale a bit more. Um, it's yeah. not a problem when it's just like you, you and one other person. Hey, can you go take that out? Or did you, you know, but um, when more people start getting involved and stuff like that, and then the cost of of there not being a process or somebody teaching the wrong process to somebody else or making up their own process or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the making up their own process or the wrong process that was just inferred from the lack of a process, right? Could be so hard to train out, um, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah. become a nightmare <laughs> very quickly. Right. <laughs> right. So. Um, I, one of the things I, I have to do to try to main, maintain perspective, and I got to be careful because I don't know, sometimes my, uh, my, my guys will, will watch the stream. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I try to be as upfront and candid about it. I'm not trying to be like any kind of slave driver, but it's so hard when I, as a parent here, am, I'm trying to impart like cleanliness and organizational, you know, values on my children yeah. and to um, feel like I have to go, at, you know, Brandon brings this up in the chat. Like, it's like, why is there, why are there always people that just don't, are, don't care about cleaning their dishes as much and all that, that stuff. And, and, you know, setting these expectations that, like these are adults and we all know and live and should, you know, at the very basic be, you know, good roommates and, you know, clean yeah. up after ourselves. And the truth is like, I'm probably the worst offender a lot of the time. Cause I'm like, I go in there and I make a coffee or I, you know, I don't actually, I don't make coffee there, but I'll make my lunch and then I'll, you know, forget to clean out the microwave when I'm done or whatever. And then I'll move on to something else. And, you know, we all do it. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, it's hard to give other people grace sometimes for the, you know, the distractions out there. And, uh, you know, you don't want to play the like, well, do as I say, don't, not as I do card yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or I'm the boss and I, I get, I get to not have to clean and you, you know, you don't have yeah. that luxury. It's like, I don't, I don't play that card. Like I, I I'm take my turn. <laughs> I take my turn clean because that's the leadership style that I want to have. I, I, I probably could stand to do it more, but it's like, yeah, I clean the bathroom and I clean the toilet just like everybody. I take my turn. We all use it. Um, I, I, you know, that doesn't necessarily scale well, you know, as you grow, but for where we are right now, um, mm-hmm. I, I prefer that more democratic approach, uh, to things, um, egalitarian, egalitarian, <laughs> egalitarian. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, these are just kind of like silly little quirky things that, that go, but you know, like I said, can add up. Like if we, th- there is a cost associated with these things, either, you know, in, in a psychological cost and a safety cost, um, mm-hmm. you know, all, all those things, it goes beyond just money. A, a lot of the time, or at least yeah. directly money. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you were to pick which your, you know, your tips for people that are just getting, like try to go back to like when you were just getting started. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and layering on like what, what's going to move the needle the most for people in terms of like where they need to focus fire on getting organized. Sure. And I think that's variable depending on what the business is and what they're doing. It, it very much so is. Um, yeah. So, so for us, like 
some of the first things that we did was, I, you know, I kind of developed a process. I didn't really write this down because I was the, I'm the only guy who actually makes the product, but I developed a process that would hopefully keep making gloop like very consistent between batch to batch to batch, right? I have a very strict rule order sure. of operations that I follow <laughs> when running the reactions to make gloop. Um, As you and, should, that's uh, your secret it, sauce. It, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, so you know, for, for me at first, it was about maintaining quality. Um, and then, you know, I started layering on additional things like, um, you know, for instance, okay, now, now we, you know, we have these products, like how do we, how do we move the product, uh, you know, up and, you know, make for sure that it's shipping correctly. Right. Cause at the time we had caps that would sometimes pop off during shipping because rough handling, that sort of stuff. So I then developed a process, but I was also obligated to develop a process in, in some cases, uh, for the department of transportation saying, this is how we ship our product. Right. 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 Um, so I had to develop that. And that is an actual written down process with images and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. again, it was a safety thing, but it was also a you know regulatory thing. It, there was multiple aspects to it. Right. Uh, so I think you start with the most important aspect to you. If it's money, then OK, that's fine. Prioritize saving the money, um, you know, or, you know, minimizing waste. If it's quality try and figure out processes in which, you know, if you're manufacturing something like again, makers, we're always making something. Maybe it's a 3d printer that you, you know, you have a very specific process when you get your, your files in, you slice them in a very particular way, you print a test, you know, sample, whatever you, you basically go through orders of operations, if you will. Right. Um, you know, uh, so I think it really depends on the type of business that you're running. Um, but, I would say pick a major category, whether it's quality, safety, monetary, and then figure out ways in which you can layer on little simple things. Uh, and again, a process can be simple as a checklist. Did I, you know, did I make for sure that the the part didn't have supports, right? Yes. And then I'm slicing at the right layer height, you know, per right. the customer's request. Right. You know, that's a process, right? right. And then you can layer on additional things. Um, sometimes it helps to have it written down where you physically have a little card that you take along. If mm -hmm. you're printing things for mm -hmm. orders, you know, on your Etsy shop, you know, oh, hey, yeah, this is the order. Like I took the file in, I sliced it. I used these settings, check. You know, this was the time I started the print, check. This is the amount of material that I used after I weighed it, right? You know, right. and this way, what you'll notice is, is like in manufacturing, if you have those processes, then you can say, hey, wait a second, something went wrong with this print, right? Or right. something went wrong with this batch of gloop, which is exactly how we caught, you know, our, our bad batch that made it out fairly quickly. We're like, wait a second, something wasn't right, you know? Yeah. And it was because of those processes that we could go back and rely on. Them. Right. And thank goodness for that, because a recall uh, can mm -hmm. completely end you potentially like with, with how... Mm -hmm financially costly it can be to like have to you know uh take stuff back fix it re it depends on what you're doing you know you can just yep ship out stuff yeah it's painful because it feels like well now i'm having to give away free stuff but but i mean yeah you do the right thing and um and that's a great example of why systems uh the mm -hmm. the, the flagging systems or card systems or process systems like will really pay off as as painful and um, un I keep saying unsexy as it is to have to sit down and write documentation and process. Yeah. I mean, like, ugh, I, I hate well, just talking one, about it. Sometimes I don't like doing it. Also glossed over is, you know, 
for instance, when, when we were w my past startup, um, when we started developing processes that we could, you know, crank out a research paper or a white paper, um, we made the company more valuable because we had these things in place. Right. So what is glossed over so much is, is like, you know, Oh, Hey, I've got this value, right. Because I make these things and this is my revenue. Right. right. And right. that's how you're assigning value. But there are intangible value, like intellectual property value Absolutely. And for a company like for us, that we have a, you know, a trade secret product, right. It's not in the it's not in the appearance of the patents or our revenue. It's in the process in which we actually make our product, right? Which is Absolutely. so much more valuable. Absolutely. And so again, these yeah. processes go to adding value to your company, to your business as you implement them. And the more detailed and specific they get, the better and better you can become at doing the thing that you do best. You know, right? that that is such a, a profound way of putting it. And it's something like, th this is why I love these calls. And like I said, I would do them even if nobody else was <laughs> listening, like all this stuff, because like, I, I just don't even think about that. The the fact that we, you know, I talk about it as like, we're, you're investing in your company, but no, you're, I, I don't even, you don't even think about the value that it adds, that institutional knowledge, that the process mm -hmm is so much of what brings value to your company that that you can efficiently mm -hmm. uh, uh produce these things you know th this is what makes um i think very easily people are like well you know somebody else could just come along and make an adhesive and you know do, uh, uh, compete with yeah. you and you're like well yeah i mean no you, you get you get hung up on like okay maybe somebody might have the the chemistry knowledge and stuff like that but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're going to be able to produce it in an efficient way so that the margins are where they need to be and all that all that value that you're imparting along the exactly. way exactly very yeah it's I intangible it yeah yeah. It's interesting, right? Because yeah. so many people are like, oh, well, hey, why can't I just use super glue? Or, you know, well, someone else, you know, like when we're talking to other people, what's preventing someone else from coming and taking you guys out? And it's like, well, yeah, they absolutely can. But what you end up seeing is, is that big organizations, when they when they are looking at markets and spaces, they see other companies operating in them. And then they start evaluating those companies and they have conversations, maybe their initial ones. Right. And they want to get a sense for your scale of process, right? Right. It, it, that's what I learned in, you know, with my first startup is, is how do you handle these things of taking an idea and turning it into an actual product, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can mm -hmm. document that process and you can come up with, these are the steps, you are infinitely more valuable than just a maker saying, hey, I can do your thing for you. Trust me, give me money. Here's mm -hmm. your end result. Uh -huh. Right. This is why we go to web development companies or graphic design companies, because usually they have processes in place that, you know, again, they will deliver something, hopefully. Right. Yeah. Not always. You know, um, you know, but again, like most people don't realize that the process is a piece of intangible intellectual property in right. your business. And right. they're so much more important than than you actually think about. Right. You know, uh, right. Because most people aren't thinking about, oh, what, what's going to be like when I sell this business? Right. Sometimes people do, but, right. You know, um, <laughs> no, it's, it, it's well said. And it's something that I didn't even, you know, think of in that, in that particular way. And, and, you know, I mean, the, the, the message there is it's like, it sucks to do, but it's very much worth it because it's what brings value to your company. So, you know, mm -hmm. maybe remind yourself, like, by doing this, 
you are making yourself more valuable. You are giving more value to your company. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know about you. I think everybody's motivations for doing it are different, but it's like, I want to believe that I'm all this effort is going into building something that has some value that if I decide, uh, that I get tired of it or I want to, like, I want to be able to sell it. I want this to be like a mm -hmm. tangible thing. And yep. we don't think of that when we're getting started a lot of the time, because it's like, well, you know, I started doing it cause it was fun and all that stuff, but it's like, you know, if I want it to be, um, a value to, to my next of kin or to somebody that might want to yep. buy it, like, am I building my nest egg here of retirement? Like I would certainly hope so. I, I, I don't want all this to mm -hmm. work to be for nothing, um, yep. and obviously we've got, I got a lot of work to do in decoupling myself a little bit from the, and, that, and that's, that's a, that's a whole nother subject, right? When you talk about the, the hit by a bus syndrome, you know, where it's like, oh like, yes, right now, so much of the value of this company is tied up in like my interaction with it. You know, we look at the mm -hmm. leadership often as carrying the, the team, but mm -hmm. a, a business built well or done well, hopefully, uh, uh, should, should have interchangeable parts. Um, yep. And if you want to get to a point where obviously you're looking at somebody else wanting to buy it, you need to have all that, all those systems mm -hmm. in place. So they, they know that, you know, if something happens to you, that their value doesn't go to nothing. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is the unsexy process you know, and the, and the, and the value and yeah. And, and tribal knowledge mm -hmm. as uh, Adam says and stuff yeah. like that too. I, yeah. I'll, I'll just, uh, it's, it's funny you bring up the, you know, the, va the value piece, it's very timely in the news, obviously everybody and on social media has been blown up about, uh, Elon making an offer to buy Twitter, right. For 42 uh -huh. billion billion with a B dollars. And yeah. e there's just everybody going nuts. And we're like, you know, Elon, you could build a really nice Twitter of your own for $42 billion. Um, but that misses, Bye. that misses a big point of, of, yep. You know, it's not necessarily just about, you know, to go back to your trade secret, secret sauce stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's not just about the technology and like, yes, you, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You could recreate Twitter for much less than $42 billion, but, oh yeah. But is it going to hook people and create and engage people? Like where, where is their motivation to want to use that over what well, we've already got mm -hmm. this? Why do I want to go use your Twitter, Elon, yep. you know, whatever. Um, I, I won't go too deep into it because I'm skeptical about this stuff, what the motivations really are and these things really happening. But the point is, is that it's not just about the dollars and the, the building of the same thing. It's the, the, the je ne sais quoi, mm -hmm. you know, that goes into, <laughs> uh, um, you know, the, the business, there's a little French for you guys. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a digression. Um, I, I will say for, for, for us as a, you know, you like to say we at Gloop, I'll say we at Repcord, um, uh, one of our recent organizational struggles was around the fact that we didn't really have a very good shipping and receiving, um, process. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, specifically on the receiving side, I, uh, made the mistake, uh, and in going back, I don't know how, how deep this issue is, but I made the mistake of when I order something, making the assumptions that I was getting it's sent correct. exactly what I ordered. <laughs> right. Yep. And so, you know, we, we can see this on our personal lives all the time. Now, when you're just buying something off of Amazon, you're pretty aware. Like I paid for this. I got yeah. this. I didn't get this, whatever. But when you're ordering like thousands of something, 
I'm like, well, that looks like it's a thousand. I don't want to sit down and count them and stuff like that. But the truth is, you know, you're yep. dealing with vendors a lot of the time that are, you know, probably less efficient and organized than you might think that they are. And mm -hmm. there will come times where, uh, they will, you know, put a packing slip in and say like, this was, you know, this was this, and it really wasn't, um, sometimes to the tune of being off by, uh, hundreds of things, you know, and you want to talk about costly mistakes, letting stuff like that slip through. You're basically paying mm -hmm. for things that you never got. Um, yeah. and I can see a lot of people be like, well, how hard is it to sit, sit and count? Well, you know, when you're going a million miles an hour and you're trying to get stuff out the door, a lot of times you're just like, ah, it's not worth it. And sometimes it's not when worth it to count. Yeah. But, but when you're ordering 10,000 bottle caps for your bottles right. and you're short by 500, right? right. Granted, right. it might be like, oh, well, 500 out of 10,000, but 500 bottle caps at, you know, 80 cents a bottle cap. That adds up. Beep, boop, 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 <laughs> math. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> 80 cents a piece. Five is four, 400, yeah, yeah. 400 bucks. Four, yeah, yeah. Something four, like that. 4,000, you know, math guys, <laughs> math. It's hard. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does. And so obviously, you know, there's other tip, there's other tricks to it. You know, you're not having to count mm -hmm. onesie twosie. Like we use, you know, yeah. weight obviously for we use weight. Me measuring mm -hmm. things or double checking things, you know, it's all about yeah. coming up with, but the, the point was like only recently did we even start talking about what the process was for receiving just to make sure like, and the challenges when you have multiple people that like, for example, I'm not at the shop right now, but we're open and we're probably, you know, things are coming in. And so somebody else is receiving and before it was just like, oh, cool, we got a box of this, great. Uh, you know, they didn't place the order. They don't even know how many are supposed to be there a lot of the time. If we only got mm -hmm. one of five boxes or if this was the whole order, they're just like, okay, great, uh, brackets. Um, I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it on the shelf with the other brackets. And, you know, I might come back later. I'm like, hey, did the brackets ever arrive? And then somebody's like, oh, I think Mike got them. And, you know, so... You know, yeah. that stuff really matters <laughs> when it, uh, when you're starting to move, move units. Um, yep. and the better you do to set those processes ahead of time, uh, the, the better, the better off that you know, you'll be. So I, I hate that we mm -hmm. learn, you know, the real trial by fire stuff, but, but, um, it is a trial by fire. It's, it's painful <laughs> sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, that goes back to the whole, when you assume, you know, thing, the, the saying, mm -hmm. you really do make an ass out of yourself. Sometimes, uh, I, I had to go back to a vendor months and months later, uh, after like we did a reconciliation of everything. I'm like, man, we're missing like 250. I, I don't think these ever arrived. And we're now we're finding out that maybe, uh, one of the freight companies that said they delivered something never actually did. Cause you know, I said, well, show me the, the manifest. And there was somebody else's signature on it. Uh, and it, it said it was received by, someone else, you know, like that we didn't know. It was like, I walked around, Hey, did you sign for this? No, no, no. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Um, but oh. the fact, you know, how embarrassing is that? We didn't catch that for like three months down, down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, hopefully we, something comes of it. And it's just, these are the things that I, I tear my hair out over. I'm like, man, mm -hmm. you know, and that was thousands of dollars worth of material. Yep. <sighs> well, once again, we've covered a lot of ground. We've uh, we've gotten emotional. We've shared some things. We've laughed. We've cried. Uh, we've done other stuff. <laughs> I think um, 
I think there's a lot here, guys. I think that uh, hopefully we've shared some anecdotes with you guys to help illustrate that there is value in creating these systems. We've talked a little bit about, you know, specifics. Unfortunately, it is one of those things that um, is going to be very tailored to your business a lot of the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you've got more questions, comments, feel free to tweet at us and all that stuff. We're happy to, to you know, guide where we can. Um Yep. Uh, I would encourage all of you guys to try to, you know, carve out some time in your day. If you're going to, you know, do a takeaway here to, like I said, take a step back, look at things, look at where you're weak, identify where some process doesn't exist that, that'll really potentially move the needle, you know? And, and like Andrew said at the, at the top of the show, try to identify that low hanging fruit first, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've got so many things drawing your attention you know, take some strategy here and like really realize 80, 20 rule applies, which means like, you know, 80% of the, <sighs> yeah, I'm going to botch this. I always botch the 80, 20 rule. Like, 80% of the problem can be solved with 20% of the, I don't know. You, you yeah. tell people the 80, 20 rule, please. I'm going to put it on you. Oh, come on. Uh, okay. I think, I think most of you guys know what it is. We won't dive yeah. in, but, but, yeah. but, but, you know, go for the, go for that low hanging fruit. Um, that, that if you want to get the most impact uh, uh, for what you're doing, like identify those things and start there so that you're not overwhelming yourself with all the things. Again, this is a, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. You eat the elephant one bite at a time. Make sure you just keep taking (laughs) those bites, man. Just keep taking those bites. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll get there. You'll get there. Okay. Yep. All right. It's been your inspiration with Pooch for the day. Well, where's Where's Chris? Uh, I know, I know. You know I, we need I, We need his words of wisdom. We're just, yeah, yeah. Chris Perillo and his um, his yeah, his inspirational plaques that he reads to everybody yeah. on, a, on a regular basis are great. I I love that stuff. I do. I yeah. I actually. I actually like find some, some volume. Grant's going to save me. He threw me a life raft here. He says, go for the 80% that takes 20% of the time, not the 20% that takes 80% of the time. That's a yep. good way to put it, Grant. Thank you for that. Um, you know, it, it really, it really does help when you like slow down, stop, you know, your job as the leader, I've said this before mm-hmm. is, building fire stations, not putting out the fires. So put the systems in place that allow you to, you know, move toward being the owner and not the operator. And your job very much in that role is identifying, you know, the sweet, the sweet, sweet, low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now we're beating a dead horse. So I am going to call it here. (laughs) I want to thank everybody for joining us and wish you as always a happy Friday. Uh, again, uh, hope we catch you again soon. Uh, at, at any point, if you guys want to join the conversation, we welcome that. I know we're intimidating, uh, and then it's not always convenient for everybody to call in and stuff, but we do love that. We do love it when we, it's not just us listening to the the sounds of our own voice as much as we do like that. Um, and, and we love, we love different opinions. I, I <laughs> want we don't... counterpoints, man. Yeah. yeah. Let's have a discussion. So, uh, you know, use that link, uh, come back on a future episode, suggest new topics and stuff for us. Hopefully this has been valuable for you guys. Um, and, uh, until next time, this has been Pooch and Andrew signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody. Keep on making.
that money.